I <laughs> on a strict uh, bulking diet of beets every day. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight's episode 193 is entitled Not Over It. Very often you hear, I'm over it. People have said it to you. You've said it. The thing is, they're not, and neither are you. Why is that? Why can't you just move on? We'll be talking about that at the table this evening. Please pull up a seat at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or watch us live or later at youtube.com forward slash at lunchtime in Rome. Visit us at lunchtime in Rome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and it would be great if you give us a five star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? Being alone is the worst. Good times aren't as good, and bad times are worse when you're all alone. Romans 12.15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from being alone and what this podcast is all about. Ben sitting in for Chris tonight. We demonstrate that in the first 15 minutes of the podcast and talk about it for the rest. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome. In for Chris. In for Chris. Hey, everybody. Yeah, we got the much younger, sleeker looking version of Chris tonight. Yes. With the biceps. Much more on time. Right. Much more on time. Early. Much. I mean. Earlier than me. I'm usually the first one here. That's true. Well, you brought all kinds of gifts tonight. Yes. So we got that going on. Yeah. I've come from lands afar. Um, <laughs> Some call it the York of New. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot over the past week. week How's Manhattan? Oh uh, yeah, I tried right. to get in and out as quick as possible. Um, it wasn't bad. Um, it's just a lot. It's it. It was a lot. There's so much concrete and yes. so many different. Some roads. call it a jungle. <laughs> mm-hmm. They do. I'm so grateful for. Here? A GPS. Well, here. <laughs> Where the streets make perfect sense. Yeah, yeah kind of do. Um, no, I'm, I'm grateful for GPS and being able to read a GPS in real time because when you're there, like you're in it, man. You're trying to drive into Manhattan. I, I drove, so I drove through the Holland Tunnel. I drove over the Brooklyn Bridge. And I, I own that, actually. Somebody sold it to me a while back. Really? Oh, how oh, how wow. many? shillings or 20, whatever 24 20, trinkets um and i drove <laughs> over the george washington bridge all over the past week and wow yeah it was great i mean those are some iconic those are very monuments i'm driving, I'm driving yeah. through the holland tunnel and i get to the end of it and i'm like this is in so many like dystopian movies right mm, right um, and other movies yeah, yeah, not the regular movies. you know right yeah just regular, regular type. type stopian <laughs> stopian yeah um, just regular stopian yeah but Honestly, it wasn't as bad driving into Manhattan as I, I thought it would be. Um, and the trip was exhausting. Uh, all the, those trips are always kind of exhausting, but it's also, I know a guy named Kono and the yeah, guy, he he's a legend. And at some point I want everybody in the world he to should meet be him. on. He, sh- he needs to be on. Yeah. And once I finalize this whole thing that I'm doing with the software and everything, somehow, some way we're going to have him on. But I gave the three of you guys a Manhattan special. Which is yes. a, <laughs> that sounds like something that's not. 
It's pretty special. Just be careful opening it. It tends to uh to now, burst. Is that his brand? No. Oh. So no, it's a it's a buddy of his. And what it is, it's it's like a soda, but an ex- espresso soda. So it's coffee, but it's a soda. It's kind of creamy. Um, and it Dude. definitely gets you going. And if you're not really prepared for the caffeine, it definitely makes you crash. Um, but it's wonderful. And <laughs> <laughs> he, he gave me like he Kona's the kind of guy who I said, man, I miss that soda. Like, cause I had it in 2020 when I was there the last time and I had one of them and I was like, these are great. And he's like, yeah, they're so good. And I, I, I told him this time, I was like, I'd love one of those sodas. He ends up getting me a case of it. Sure. Case. Yeah. Why not? Right. I like how it's, it's, uh, it's Manhattan special, but it's made in Brooklyn. Mm. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. Bottled it's, in Hoboken. But it's, it's, it's I mean, it's hand brewed from freshly roasted coffee beans. I mean, it looks legit. Yeah. I can't wait to try it. But the thing about Hoboken is when you're driving around that just giant metropolis, like there's just cities in front of you and you're like, yeah, that might be Newark. That might be Hoboken. And it's all like part of New York. It's, it's staggeringly, staggeringly complicated. And like around Pittsburgh, we're like, oh, that's definitely Pittsburgh. And there's no disputing that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and there's one of them. There's one of them. <laughs> right. But around there, you're like, you're on some random highway. There's like the city like jutting yeah. out into the sea. And you're like, ah, I wonder what that is. Um, it's, it's surreal. Uh, and yeah. It's, it feels endless when you're there. And I don't like it. I'm not a big fan. No. But, I mean, no. I, I had a good trip this time. I'm ben, glad. have you been? I have not been. Yeah. I have not been. It's worth a trip. I mean, there is the, there is the, like a, I do recommend making the trip because it is quite amazing, you know, it's, from a man-made perspective. It's like pretty it's pretty low on my list. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not high on mine, and I've been there. I mean, yeah. how many disc golf courses could be in Manhattan? Ah, we should it's probably find out. Zero, but they could um, put one in Central But, like, it's, it's so weird because I was – the first night I went, I, I drove out on Sunday night, and I stayed in Newark, which is basically right across the bridge from Manhattan. Yeah. And the way that I, the way that I went – to get into Manhattan the next day, it took me parallel, like or perpendicular, I guess, vertical. Um, and the Statue of Liberty was on my right. Yeah. And I was so concentrating on driving. And I didn't look ahead beforehand, but I was so concentrating on driving that I didn't even see it. And that's how like that's how big and complicated it is. Like that's one of those things yeah. where you're like, I need to see this. Yeah. Totally missed it, you yeah. know, and then drove right around it into Manhattan. So, um, so yeah, it was a good trip. Um, and then I came back and Ethan's birthday was yesterday. I took him to get his driver's permit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a permitted 16 year old new driver out on the road right now. Well, not right now. Um, right. But I had him out twice yesterday on the road nice. on Frankstown. Which car? Uh, the Sportage. Yeah. I really, really, really wish I had the third. Yeah, but the Sportage <laughs> is good to learn on. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be too, I want too confident and secure in the Ford. Like, yeah, if I hit something, it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna damage it. Yeah, just be knocking other cars off the road. No, I'd love him to do that. But <laughs> it was kind of surreal sitting in the passenger side. Just, um, and we had him drive. We had him drive last night. We went to my parents' house for dinner, and then, um. I asked him if he wanted to drive home. So it's night. And like, I want to throw him in the fire. Like, I just want him to be like, yeah, let's go yield onto the parkway. <laughs> <laughs> but this driving experience home last night from my parents at night made me realize, wait a second, maybe I have to pull back mm-hmm. and let him be comfortable in what he wants to do because that makes sense. Yeah. We were, 
<laughs> because we were driving home last night. Um, we drove on to Upper Collins. I stopped and let him take over. So we were about to drive through the high school and he kind of got flustered. It was night. There was another car coming. Um, he tried to, he tried to turn and didn't put his turn signal on, shut the lights off and then uh-huh. or actually, actually flick the high beams. I'm like, shut, sh- flick the high beams off. And then he just shut all the lights off altogether. And you're like, still on the school property at this point. We're driving up. Oh, like by Poopfield. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, you're on Not Collins. Even before. We're on oh. Collins turning on. I don't know any of the names. So like, uh, lived here there was seven years. There, yeah. There's so many things happening. And at that moment I was like, maybe I need to dial it back a bit. Cause I, I just want him to drive. Mm. Well, and you know, it's interesting because th- this happens a lot. Cause like, I was like, well, he's got good hand eye. Well, I mean, he's, he's in the video games. He's in the video you know? games, right. but there is something about driving that is not the same. And there's so many real world variables. Just that you like have the, to- yeah, just like the church disc golf course, it is the equalizer. Cause you can have somebody that's like, like I play the drums. I'm moving all four of my appendages, you know, and then. But when you're learning to drive, it's new muscle memories. It's new, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you really got to learn to get comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. There's the turn signal. Ben, yeah. you agree with that as our most recent <clears throat> driver in the group? Yes. Yeah. I think you have to get comfortable with your car before you can get comfortable with other drivers and, like, yeah. the, the road. You yeah. know, there's that first level of connection before the second. Cause yeah, because the, yeah, the other driver is it. another element that's mm-hmm. entering into right. your, you know, world at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. How did your parents walk you through like the initial days after you got your permit so it was all my dad who pretty much taught me the driving stuff we first went to (laughs) we went to a parking lot um up near fox chapel and that was where rdc yes Mm. rdc park yes that's a good one yeah it was it was a really nice place nobody's really driving around up there you got ins and outs the parking Mm -hmm. lots yeah it's great yeah a couple lanes and stuff like that so it was really, you know, a good place for me to just get comfortable with the car. Mm. And next, he took me to like the back roads of Plum, so I, I could be like, okay, there's a little bit of cars there. Mm. I can start to get comfortable. But there, you know, the the road was ups and downs, bumpy things. And he did a great job of like not getting mad at me. And I could only imagine like how scary it is at times. You know, you have oh. you're, you're riding with someone, yeah. your life depends on them and they're <laughs> That's why you uh, go to the parking lot. That's why, right, that's why you start there. <laughs> well that's true because on the way back mm. from my parents, Abby was in the back seat, Lex was in the back seat, I was in the front seat. <laughs> and at one point like Ethan's about to turn onto Frankstown and I told him, like you the, across from the bank, there's Mount Hope Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you can pull in here if you're not comfortable turning right onto Frankstown and driving home the rest of the way. And he just passed it right up. And I was like, oh, man, we're doing this. <laughs> I look back at Abby and Lex. I'm like, well, maybe it was good knowing. <laughs> and th- th- there was one time I was turning left. I was like getting ready to turn left into my neighborhood. But it didn't slow down enough to make the turn. Mm. So I-, I turned to my parents and I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't slow down enough. And I just step on the gas and I go make like a U-turn. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> there's a lot of I'm sorry's. Yeah. In the, uh, but in the driving. it really is live fire, you know, and yeah. there's nothing you yeah. can do to replicate real world, you know. And I, I start thinking about like, you know, battle scenarios. Like if <laughs> like we have, we have guns or whatever, you know, and like what happens if you're in a situation where like it's live fire, like this is live fire for this kid and he has turn signals and windshield wipers and we've really not gone through that stuff. (laughs) So as a dad, I'm going to try to back off and just be more. 
Well, then there's like when we got Joe's driving lessons and his like, and it, cause it was not going well. And that's when I said, look, just cause I know how to drive doesn't mean I know how to teach how to drive. How was it not going well? It was just, you know, it was, I was getting frustrated and, and he was getting like scared. And, and I, I mean, I knew him just cause you can do something doesn't mean you can teach it. Right. So we, you know, I just, he wasn't ready for the prime time yet. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it was gonna take forever. And so we got David Miller, uh, Penn Hills grad, Penn Hills sports hall of fame member. And, uh, he first day he pulls up at our house and he's like, all right, Joe, get in. Cause we're heading downtown. And like Rachel and I are like, Oh, that's so wait, really? And he's like, well, we're not going into town, but we're going to take the parkway. And you're just like, he's not, he's not. And that's why went. we hired you, buddy. <laughs> Pull it back. And well, in his defense though, does he have the, he's got the brake. He's got the, yeah. Mm. He's has some the passenger side brake. Oh, yeah. 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 Which is oh, huge. That, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And like his last lesson, they went to Vandergrift or Catanning. Up twenty eight, the Ooh. whole way. And, oh, Narnia. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you can't. So it's far, but it's 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 yeah. a rite of passage. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. So he got he he aced his permit test. We were in Pendot for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. By the time everything was said and done, <laughs> and we're sitting there, and I'm like, so this is the first level of hell sitting in here. Uh, <laughs> and I said, the second level is court. The third level is jail. Like, let's just not try to be in the system as much as possible. <laughs> Welfare or like uh, mm. unemployment. Like that's, yeah, it's, there's some, it's, well, it's like a when, level in when Trey was obviously still alive and I had to renew his Medicaid or whatever he was on and everything else. And it had lapsed and I had to go downtown to the, mm. to well, the welfare office. Yeah. Well, just downtown. Well, sure, but That's I mean, it was, they, I mean, it was, gosh, you just yeah. feel like they treat you like you're the, the lowest of the low. <laughs> mm. And then this like lady came in and she was like coughing and hacking. And, and this is pre COVID, obviously. And then like, I mean, like an hour later, they came and like took her. And then they took her chair and they asked if anybody had been talking to her. And I'm like, there's nothing <laughs> no. good about that. <laughs> wow. That's kind of wild. And then, of course, you finally get to speak to somebody and they're like, we can't help you. Ugh. And you're like, well, this is I've like been here three for two hours. and a half hours. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, there's different levels of government hell. There are. Mm. There's got to be auditing. There's that. That'd be fun. I was trying to think of other ones. And like the only three that came to my mind were DMV and court and jail. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, what's up with you guys? I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> well, you were out and you had a lot to say. Yeah. And you got a lot going on with Etern and 16. So it was oh, good. it's a big house, deal. All it's very exciting. I texted him back and forth. He was very excited. I'm glad. Yeah. And he said you texted him too. And I appreciate I did. that. I did. Um, so Duke, who has sat at the table. Some call him Juke. Right. Uh, it's wrong. Um, we've been going to the gym and I like, I'm actually pretty surprised, Duke, like, because Duke introduced this way of working out as a. It's like a. And of course, Duke has a different way of working out. Oh, uh, well, it, it, well, it's, <laughs> it's more not analytical. Yeah, yeah, more that, analytical. That's very true, but, but it is very, like, you know, analytical where it's very minimalistic, but it's a whole body workout. And I've gotten, like, a lot stronger. Oh, like, hmm. I've noticeably, like, went up in weight, like. Of what you're pushing, weekly. not what you're weighing. Right. Well, probably both. Right. Because you're on muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, he told me uh, last Sunday how much he values that time with you. Well, yeah, and I value as well because it's a huge support to me because, I mean, that's one of my biggest emotional needs is support. Mm -hmm. And I ain't going... <laughs> if, if right. no, if, if and, I don't have that accountability, and honestly, ex- and acceptance. Uh huh. So therefore, you're not going to let him down, right? And you're not going unless he asks you, right? 
So it hits both right. of your emotional needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's been it's been good, and I've been I've I really do feel like I'm getting stronger, and and yeah. Um, and then that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrate that. Um, Does Max look in from outside? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll meet up with Max sometimes, you know, because his his schedule is a lot more fluid. Um, where Duke, and or variable, variable. That's probably the better word for it mm-hmm. because Duke and I pretty much go at lunchtime. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and you guys are doing Planet Fitness? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, That's when they have the donuts. <laughs> they have like a pizza party or something? Yeah. Like, but I've never seen it. Right. So I, I wouldn't even participate. I think it's only like in once anyway. a month. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't participate in it anyway, but it doesn't matter. Um, but we've we've also recently here in, in the Pittsburgh area um, have, have had some nice weather for mm. once because like it's I feel like we've been mm. stuck under this filter of clouds for mm. i don't know five months like i feel like it's there it was this long dreary stretch with no excitement no yeah, like there, there was no snow. snowstorm like we it, didn't it even really has we didn't even take maggie snow like sledding, sledding anywhere let me ask you this question about the weather though has it been less snowy or more windy like which is more remarkable because i think it's been it's been more so windy windy yeah it's been windy. It's been windy. More remarkable how windy it has been or how little snow we've had the wind the wind Which makes is more sen- remarkable the wind makes sense right now because of the season change el nino no i don't know you usually have some some windy Nina. days coming with Nina. the with the springtime um i, I think th- they're both remarkable i think it's it is both remarkable because this has been the mildest winter that i can remember except for when eric that drove that one time and <laughs> sure for tyler mountain water <laughs> um it's the only one at the table that ever delivered water that's right, right. But, but it. it has been incredibly mild. But yes, you're yeah. right. It's been really windy. So windy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that being said, Amy and I went for a walk after work today. And it uh-huh. was lovely because That's like not wonderful. a cloud in the sky, crisp air. And Sand, it was just nice. Sans Maggie? Like you didn't Sans have Sans Maggie. She was making dinner. Because we were, oh, we were uh, mm-hmm. waiting to go over my parents for dinner because um, Maggie was over there. Uh, my mom was watching her today. Um, but yeah, it was just nice because we've very much been, I've, I think I've said, said this a week or two ships ago. Ships passing in the night. Not, not so much ships passing in the night, but like we've been giving each other the leftovers. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, like our tank is empty at the mm-hmm. end of the day and we're just like, meh. You sure. know, like nothing's wrong, but not everything's right. Not everything's right. Uh, it's we're, good. Like it's we're fine. fine. Yeah, we're right. fine. But like, you know, yeah, there's not, there's not much gas at the end of the, at the, end of the day mm-hmm. to, you know, just put anything of purpose, you know, yep. for us to do. So, um, well, that's good. I'm glad you guys connected like that on yeah. this nice Felt sunny good. day. Yeah, because it is like the I was sitting in my office and the sky was just blue. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. even on the drive over here, you know, the sky's limitless and the moon is so big. As I'm driving out of my yeah. plan, it's like right over the graveyard, but it was huge, and it really like I, I definitely when you noticed get a, yeah, it the past yeah. couple yeah. days. When you get a clear night with a big moon like that, that's really fun too. Yeah, you talk about you know given leftovers and stuff like that. And in Eric, you and I have talked about how I've had to come at grips with, you know, when, when Rachel's just not okay because of work mm-hmm. and that like, I don't have to fix it and I can't fix it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it doesn't mean she's mad at me. It's just, she's tired and she has nothing left and everything right. else. And so we've actually gotten pretty good at it. Like of just understanding, Hey, it's kind of a war zone mm-hmm. and come June, you'll be okay. And we'll celebrate on weekends. And, and, and I've noticed it in the last week or so, like, I don't even, I, I still ask, Hey, how was your day? And her line is always death by a thousand paper cuts, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And 
it's so funny because it's like not even worth talking about. Right. Because there's nothing remarkable. There's no, like nothing she said, new. She goes, there's no hope. Yeah. We're just in this death march. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to make the best we can. And I said, so unless there's something, you know, I said, it's not like you got bit. She goes, oh, I got bit today. Mm-hmm. And, and she started telling me the story. She goes, but I mean, it wasn't an angry bite. And I started cracking up so hard. I'm like, I love that your job, that you're like, I got bit, but it wasn't an angry bite. And then she listed the five different types of bites that she can get from a, from a child. Cause it's exploring bite. It's an angry bite. It's a, you know, a whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so hilarious. Well, you know, I got bit, but it wasn't an angry bite. So go ahead. Sorry. No, you're here. Uh-huh. I want you to talk. I was just going to say, if I got bit, that would be a remarkable day. You know, that would be something to, <laughs> right. to that would share. Be, that would be a yeah. story. And she's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do celebrate, Jay, how you are so intentional about finding, like, the weekends, um, the getaways. And, you know, you uh, may yeah. have not have done it in the past, what, month or two. But, like, when you told the story about you guys went to the arcade in cleveland right you know like All that right. kind of stuff like you're very intentional well, we gotta put that. something in there you have to gotta have those little breaks in the uh in the action and then this sunday uh rachel and i and bella are going to erie and spending the night and then she's touring mercyhurst in the okay. morning yeah. oh, cool. which will kind of complete you know because she's also tour. accepted to albright but it's like eh, it's four hours away yeah and, you know whatever so uh, we have a tour monday morning with uh mercyhurst so that'll be fun just yeah. a private one as compared to the big, uh, okay. you know, admitted student like, day. At yeah, I feel like that'd be kind of nice private tour. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. So Better found a, than the group, already yeah. found a breakfast place. So we're good to ah, go. All right. Does all she right. know what she wants to do yet? What do you mean? Like which school? Well, like major wise. Yeah. I mean, she wants to do psychology so that she can become like a junior high guidance counselor. Okay. Which between everybody here at the table, just us, you know, I'm like, yeah, everybody wants to be a guidance counselor to help kids until they become a guidance counselor and realize we're not helping any kids, you know, we're just filling out IEPs and doing scheduling, mm. but I mean, she's passionate about it. So we'll, we'll push that forward. Yeah. We're actually going up next. Um, actually the, uh, week right before Easter weekend, uh, that Thursday, Friday, we're going up to Rochester, Rochester, New York to do, a um, a tour. So oh, really, yeah, like already Ethan's like, you know, he's, he's focused. What is it, like he's RIT? Sorry. That's great. As soon as he gets that license, he's gone. R- RIT, <laughs> Rochester Institute of Technology? Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so we're going to be gone for a night and, and do the, the, the day thing. They'll be chomping at the pit, getting themselves a little sophomore up there. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be like, you know, if you put your deposit in now, right. <laughs> we'll guarantee you first classes. Speaking of classes, Ben's in college. How's life, Ben? I am. And Ben is a class in and of himself. He's a class <laughs> act. Well, thanks, guys. I got it. No, uh, it's it's been pretty good. Honestly, uneventful, typical college life. I've had the privilege to go on a couple basketball trips this spring. Oh, as cool. a as a member of the band, I don't play. I don't, I don't play <laughs> basketball. <laughs> Could have fooled me. <laughs> no, I, I know. But I mean, you look like a bread for it, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, maybe someday. So doubt it. <laughs> I uh, I already got to go on the uh, Pitt Women's ACC uh tournament. Okay. And that was that was fun. Uh we unfortunately lost the first game, so we were there for about 2 days, but that was Where was it? Was that like It was round? in Greensboro. Oh yeah. Was that like a round robin like you you lose your out, you win your Exactly, yeah. yeah. So so as soon as we lose, we go home. So mm-hmm. 
uh, we lost the first game. So are but, you in a you're in a smaller pet band? Yes. On top of marching band. Yes. That's oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Something to do in the spring. It's and you nice. went you went to the bowl game this year. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. That I think that is the best wow. sports game I have ever been to. Wow. I've been sports game. I've been to a lot <laughs> where they scored the ball of all you know. the sports. <laughs> they shot the. It's thing. not even yeah. just football. It's all of sports. That's what he's saying. Sports I know. game. Some, that 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 was that was my point. Yes. But I I got you, I, Ben. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Eric. I appreciate yeah. that. Banners unite. <laughs> That's good, <laughs> but yeah. So it was it was just amazing the the ending and everything. But so I'm going to go on the NCAA men's tournament. Nice coming up. Uh, we still don't know where we're going for that. And that could be anywhere. It could be is anywhere. that the March Madness? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's awesome. March Madness is super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's very exciting. We were number one in uh, our ACC. Yes, in the conference. ACC conference. Thank you. Finished yeah. fifth. That was the word. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's funny how that happens. <laughs> And they won today, though. Mm-hmm. But besides that, it's wonderful to be home. I'm on spring break. Yeah. And it is a pleasure to be here. And it's just great to see my family again. I haven't seen them in about two months. So yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, it's just really it's great to be home. It's incredible the difference between Joe and Ben oh, as yeah. far as college experience goes. Like, yeah. you know, it's they both go to Pitt. They happen to live in the same apartment. And Joe is never down there and Ben is never home. Yeah. And that's just the way they handle it, which, you know, we have certainly a topic to go over today, but I want to hear from you just a little bit more, Ben. You know, last spring was a bit of a rough period for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Correct. You know, sort of the fall football was over and you Mm kind of got a little, for lack of a better term, dark. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't seem that way now. What's the difference? So I think. A big part of it was last semester, I had a lot of free time for sort of some introspection. I don't know if I would say I was depressed, but I had a lot of self-condemnation going on. Mm -hmm. Like just a lot of, you know, I had time to examine myself like I had never had before. And I had academics and I got really into academics because I didn't really have anything else going on in my life at that point. And so... I came to a couple of realizations, like realizing, okay, I'm not perfect. It's okay that I'm not perfect. And I just had to sort of, I think it was part of a transition to adulthood Hmm. and really seeing the world. And so I've made that transition. And so now I'm in a better place this semester. So when you were in that dark place, did you just keep thinking like, I'm not good enough? Um, Yeah, I... (laughs) I would analyze like mistakes I've made in the past. Just crazy. And I I don't mean that like you're crazy, but like the three of us sitting here thinking of you sitting down there pit beating yourself up when it's like anybody would want Ben. Yeah. Right. Uh There there isn't an adult listening to this or that has a student at pit that wouldn't swap their kid out for Ben. I was going to say, maybe there's people people that want to be Ben. Right. Yeah. And yet you're sitting here being like, I'm the worst. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that really means a lot coming from you guys. But also, in addition to that, I'm also like, I have a church down there that I go to and I'm a little more social. I'm going to the gym. So it's, it's nice to have wow, some things good. that, yeah. So all of that. Yeah. Is it, it uh, Dwight Schrute's gym for muscles? That is correct. Ah, right. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I, on a strict, uh, bulking <laughs> diet of beets every day. But honestly, if you don't, if you don't keep, active like there's times for that introspection but like when you get into those extended times of it that's when you really can start to get into a a really dark place Mm -hmm. you know we're made for movement we're made for you know kind of conquering things and so i can kind of understand how you got to that point but man yeah like 
for you to have self-condemnation about yourself, like it's such a lie. I always tell told when I was working on Young Life and dealing with obviously high school students and then college leaders and and being a coach, I would always say, you know, in college you can do two things. You know, school and a sport. School and work. Right. You know, and if you're gonna try to do three, eh, you know, and hopefully, you know, you can always do like two. And I'm like, school better be one of them. But what's interesting is I never said to them, you better have two. Mm. You know, because if it's just school, yeah. you're going to go, you're going to lose it. Or, right. Know, right. It's, you have to have two. You probably can't do three. Yeah. You know, but because like I, I did school, worked, and volleyball, and volleyball had to go by the wayside because I had to work more. Mm. You know, but it's interesting that if you just do one, it's not going to be enough. Yeah. And a lot of people get, oh, good. I was going to say, but then as, as you get into adulthood and like you start having kids and a house and stuff, it's like, oh, I kind of wish I only had one thing, you know? <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Grass is always greener. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's that's because you've leveled up a lot over the course of those, you know, five, ten years. But to be sitting in school and just being like, well, I'm just doing school. I don't really have much else going on. You know, you haven't you haven't matured to that place yet of of being able to sit with yourself. You know, those are the times where you mm-hmm. do find yourself. And sometimes that can be like it's like looking into a black mirror sometimes. And it sounds like, yeah. you know, that's that's what was going on with you. Yeah, I've heard it be called the discipline of self-isolation. I mm-hmm. think that's a good way to describe it. Mm. Was that was that young or? Oh, I, I, I'm not sure Nietzsche? if you said it. That, it sounds I don't it, know. It could be a young he went young to Nietzsche. I don't know. <laughs> Could be the guy down the block then. I miss the <laughs> measurables of college for sure. The measurables? Oh, yeah. I mean, like getting a grade. That's how I did. Mm, yeah. And you're in year three. You're in year two. You I'm know? this far along towards yeah. my goal. I'll be graduating yeah. once I do all this. I worked this many hours. This was my paycheck. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was there's some good yeah. times there. Objective feedback. And you get to meet a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, form and build a lot of relationships. And sometimes in college, but also in life, there are problems in relationships and there are hiccups and there are fights and there is trauma. And what very often happens is people come along and they're like, you know what? I'm just over it. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. And they don't, not even in a sarcastic way, like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm over it, but just, I'm, I don't know. I'm over it. I, I got past it. Yeah. I, I got past mm-hmm. it. I'm, I'm over it. And what we wanted to talk about tonight is the fact that probably, no, you're not. Right. <laughs> I hear that. And I'm like, are you really? You're yeah. just not nine times out of 10. You are simply not over it. Like if it, if it was you saying that to me, I'd be like, okay, he probably is. Cause well, let's start there. All right. I think if you use the phrase, I'm over it. You're probably not. You're over not it. over it. <laughs> you would right. say like, you oh, might be a redneck if, if. You might not be over it if you use the phrase over it. But I mean, you would say, because healthy, what, what are some healthy things you would say? If somebody, instead of saying, I'm over it, hey, what happened with that relationship and, and or the way that you were raised or um, it, was a, it was a really tough yeah. time, maybe still wrestling with it a little bit. I would say like it, it, recognizing that it was a tough time, but then calling out like what is good now, you know, mm. or if somebody came alongside me and attached a comfort to the hurt, you know, and I say like, this really helped me through this tough time and it's enabling me to stand today. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. Like it was a really dark time or it was a really bad fight, but yeah, you know, so-and-so really came alongside me and just made me just feel that I I wasn't crazy and and I was okay. 
Right. Yeah, you're right. I think there are very rare times where you can definitively say, you know what, I am over that, you know, and like th that, that's an entire gut wrenching process for you. I mean, maybe not in every case, but like some of the big things in life, you're like, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot. So, but people do use it so casually where they're like, yeah, over it. Well, I think the difference is if you say you're over it, it looks like it was an obstacle, but in true mm. healing, it's something that you have grown through. Mm hmm. Yeah. and healed from mm -hmm. you know you don't if you you know you don't say you get over a cold or a hurdle mm -hmm. like a hurdle like i'm just picturing a runner right now oh yep i'm over that right yeah. and and i think what for the context of tonight we're talking about something as serious as trauma you know like mm -hmm. somebody went through a lot of stuff as a kid and you can hear them as an adult being like yeah but that's when i was a kid i'm over it throwing up their hands yeah like, mm -hmm. no you're not or it can be a broken relationship it can be you know arguments broken really like i said broken relationships but like just a disagreement within a relationship mm -hmm. you know, think about how many married couples have and we've talked about this and we've done uh we've sat here at the table and talked about the fight mm -hmm. you have the same fight every six weeks every month different details but it's the same fight and then if we look at historical marriages you know they didn't get divorced they just became numb to each right. other you know, they're Existed. just, they were over it. Yeah. We're not going to fight about that anymore. We're right. over it. No, you're not. Right. No, you're not at all. You've right. now lost intimacy. Mm -hmm. you've, yeah. you've lost that beautiful, beautiful relationship with one another. And then other less traumatic hurts, you know, that, oh, you know, they, they said this, they did that, but you know, I'm over it. I know they didn't mean it, you know? And so these are the kind of things that people say they're over when they're really not. Right. Cause it doesn't matter if they didn't mean it. You're still hurt. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. And what they're really saying, you know, is they don't want to or they just can't deal with the pain anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, we see that a lot. Yeah. It's a way of fooling yourself to say, I I'm moving forward, but like you really aren't moving forward. Right. You're just telling yourself, yeah, I'm good. I'm moving forward. Yeah, because well, and think of, again, with the marriage analogy, but it can be the same with brothers. I mean, think of how many families, you know. It's so funny. I'm, I'm I'm surveying the room right now in the back of my mind, like where siblings don't speak anymore. Mm. I mean, I mean, I think we all know at least a couple people mm. who mm. have siblings or family members or an uncle or mm. whatever that they yeah. don't talk anymore. Right. You know, because mm. guess what? They couldn't deal with it anymore. And I'm over it. I'm not even going to try anymore. I don't talk to most of my extended family anymore. You know, we, on my dad's side, it was a big family. You know, I had lots of cousins and aunts and uncles, and I've chosen not to to be around them anymore. Um, and and there's nothing that's been done inherently to me. Like it, it's just been one of those, those those conscious things where, like, I guess I have hurts that part of me is like, yeah, I'm over that. I don't want to go to that family function. But you didn't have the need or the value of the relationship to go through to to push through it. Correct. Like it wasn't a huge hurt. Right. Like, but it's not a huge loss. What do you really mean to me? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I think another reason why people say, oh, I'm over it is that whatever it was isn't pressing anymore. Mm. You know, like mm. it, it could be coworkers that aren't there anymore. It could be a family member that, you know, well, mm. they're not around anymore. That I'm not going to see them. Right. So I'm not, I'm just over. It. I'm just right. going to move on. Right. Or, you know, you were, um, you know, it could have been a bad class. And it was a terrible teacher or professor and mm -hmm. they didn't make any sense. And you're like, well, I don't have that professor anymore. So I'm mm -hmm. over it. 
Yeah, it's it's like those storms you come through that seem really big at the time, but then you realize, what did that really mean to me? There's no ramifications. There's no attachment at this point. So yeah, I'm over it. It's easy to, it's easy to tell yourself you've moved on from that situation when the tentacles like aren't around you anymore. You know. Another avenue, if we go look at the, the relationships, you know, the fight may not be happening anymore. That's why we say it happens like every month to six weeks, you have the same fight. And so once the fight is over, you're like, okay, well, I'm over it. And so the details don't come up again. This, the situation, the environment, you know, if it's a shopaholic or every time your mother comes over or whatever, well, guess what? Mom's coming back. You know, mom's going to move back into t- or come back into mm-hmm. town to visit. And guess what? You're going to have the same fight over and over again. But because mom's not there, oh, well, we don't have the fight. Right. Or, you know, you got divorced because it was so bad. So I'm just over it. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. You know, if you're always fighting with somebody and then, you know, or it's an abusive relationship for that matter, emotionally, then the relationship's no longer there. You're what? Well, you're over it. You've moved on. Mm-hmm. You've I've gotten past it. Right. Did you? No, right. you really didn't. Right. And one I had recently, I encouraged a guy. I said, listen, you've got a lifetime of hurts from your upbringing. You know, and, and he had shared them, some of them with me. And, I, and he was asking me for help with moving on. You know, and actually he was asking me for help in another area of his life. And I said, you know, here's what you want to do in the short term. I said, but in the long term, I said, you've got to heal from the hurts that you experienced as a child through your teenage years. And it was a great lunch. And, and he kind of paused. And it was like the first time that he didn't just completely accept everything that I had said, you know. And he paused and he was like, well, he goes, I don't know. Because, you know, I've talked to my mom and, you know, I understand why everything happened. And, and I understand, you know, where she was coming from and a lot of the decisions she made that ended up hurting me. Mm. So I really don't think I have to go back and heal because I understand why those things happened. Um, he had a cognitive understanding of why mm-hmm. he was hurt. So right. therefore, he didn't have to go back and heal. And I think very often, mm-hmm. sadly, people don't even do that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> like they're still stuck in the trauma of an event. They don't get to the cognitive understanding of the event mm-hmm. and that they're like, no, I'm over it because I understood why they did what they did. But Ben, let me ask you this. What's faulty about that thinking? Why is that not over it? If you say, well, I understand why it happened. Because you still haven't healed from it. Because- See this Look at kid? this guy. See this guy? <laughs> yeah. And yet he's beating himself up a year ago and yet he gave an answer <laughs> that 99% of adults right. wouldn't give. Yeah. There's, there's the head knowledge and then there's the actual practice of healing. Yeah. It's, you can understand it, but you don't, you're, there's no healing from it. So the reasons why you're not actually over it, if you want to think about it is if it's trauma, I mean, I'm talking like trauma and I'm no expert on trauma, but I'm aware of it. And I understand like it literally changes your brain. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was looking at a, a video the other day where a guy's talking about it and it was like, you know, looking for signs you're suffering from PTSD. And it was, you know, do you choose, do you feel like the worst possible outcome is going to happen? You know, this is something good could happen. Something bad could happen. And if you always choose bad, well, that's a sign. And then mm. when you are thinking of what people are thinking about you, is it positive or is it negative? And it's like, well, it's negative. And literally your brain gets rewired. The body keeps the scores, the book, mm-hmm. you know, that I was reading during 2020, the pandemic and it just, and 
in a little too much detail, it goes into the different parts of the brain. You know, there's times where I had to fight through because I was like, I'm not going to be tested on this. Just give me simple, you know, Mm. but it literally changes your brain. So if you'd be like, I'm over it. No, your your brain is different. If somebody took your arm off and put it on backwards, Mm. you can't be like, I'll just reach the other way. (laughs) Your brain doesn't work that way. Disc off game a little bit. And if somebody says that, well, that relationship's over, so I'm just moving on. Well, what's the danger in that? I'm just going to move on. It was a bad relationship, so I'm just going to move on. I'm every, over it. Everything that happened to you for you to evaluate that that was a bad relationship, you're going to carry into the next relationship, and you're going to be evaluating that relationship through that lens because you have no other way to approach it at that point in time unless you heal. So that's unfair to you. That's unfair to the other person. Mm. And every time that they throw up one of those flares that reminds you of that last relationship that you didn't heal from, that's going to alter the whole bent of that future, that relationship. Right. Because you haven't healed from it. You don't have a blank slate to enter into that relationship with. You're always bringing that past into that relationship. And that's not fair to you. That's not fair to the other person. I remember I was dealing with a couple once, and again, I don't do inherently. I don't do marriage counseling. I'm not a you know, I'm not a licensed therapist. I like to do marriage teaching. Mm. But then every once in a while, a couple, you know, somebody that I've known from high school or whatever, and the guy had a bit of a drinking problem. The girl had a lot of trust issues, as well she should. And mm. you know, and I said, listen, here's my encouragement: is each of you needs to go get therapy. I said on your own individually. Mm-hmm. I said, and once you've healed, so you didn't recommend couples. It was well, then I said was then mm-hmm. I encourage you guys to get couples therapy. I said, but you're both so broken mm-hmm. and you're so, it's so evident. Like for me, it was just like, well, that's clear. And I said, and listen, they're not, they weren't married. I said, you're free to break up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, but you're just going to find the exact same mm-hmm. thing in the next person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? You're not over it. You're not over the hurt that happened to you. I mean, this is like right. a double, not over it. You're not over the hurts that happened to you as a child. Mm-hmm. You're not over the hurts that you've incurred to each other. And if you guys just break up, yeah, nothing's solved. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the hurt people hurt people. Well, it's classic, you know. And there, are, there's those, there are those repetitions that, like subconsciously, you're looking for because you haven't reworked those paths in your brain. Like somebody that I know, a relative of mine, they are on like their fourth or fifth marriage or relationship. They've been maybe married three times and are now on a relationship that, and every single one has been abusive. And it's like, how can you keep looking for like you're, it it almost is like you're intentionally looking for this person to fill this abuse in your life. Like, Mm -hmm. why can't you find a good person for you? That's going to actually be good for you. But it's a it's amazing to see that pattern because logically you're like get out of that right don't mm. do it anymore yeah right. but they look for the person that beats them they look for the person that degrades it's wild. them because it, it, their level their level of self condemnation is so huge that's where their hurts go yeah I'm not worthy of having a good relationship and that's, and to your point Jay crazy. is they've never rewired they've never allowed their brain to right. be rewired by right. healing mm. that's just the pattern it's the groove it's like water going through the same you know, Canyon or whatever. Mm. And I think the greatest reason, and it goes through all of these that people aren't over it is they don't understand that emotional hurts. And Ben, you brought this up are hurts just like a phys. Everybody understands physical Mm. hurts. 
Right. Right. I got punched right. in the eye. Of course. Punched in, punched in the eye. Double. Right. <laughs> Yours, I mean, because you got punched in the eye. But oh my gosh, was that a physical, was it the eye or the face? Wait, when? When, you, when the kid, when you were like 12. And oh, in the up. mouth. Oh, oh the big mouth. meaty freaking fist coming into you my braces. In general, I thought you were talking about your very Oh, own. no, no, no. Well, but very obviously people are like, oh, you're better now because you're lip healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Yeah, I still got that going on in my brain. I still see that big meaty fist. You know, the emotional hurts are literally that. And so as I was and, and need to be healed just as much as physical ones do. And so as I was sitting with that guy, we were sitting at Eaton Park. I said to him, he said, you know, I don't really need to heal from that because I understand why everything happened. And I said, okay. I said, so right now, if a cook came out of the back and they were carrying a knife and he tripped over the stool at the bar and then he slipped on butter and he plunged the knife into your shoulder, cognitively, you know, he didn't mean to stab you Mm -hmm. and you know that he lost his balance on the stool and then furthermore slipped on the butter that was on the ground. And that's why the knife is in your shoulder. So I asked him, I said, if that, if you cognitively know all those things, do you need to fix the three inch hole in your shoulder? And he was like, Ben is being such a great host, (laughs) nodding, smiling, (laughs) shaking his head. And I said, host, co-host. All the people on YouTube see that. But he looked and he was like, and I think that is an analogy that mm-hmm. everybody needs to understand. Yeah, right. The wound is still there. <laughs> you don't sit there you can't change go, that. Oh, right. I know why right. that wound's there. Yeah. Mm. Right. And the cook didn't mean it. It's you not going to stop it from bleeding. It's not. Right. Gonna, <laughs> it's not going to stop an infection. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to stop it from limiting your movement. You have to treat that. Mm. You have like to. as immediately as possible. Nobody in their right mind would say. I'm good. It's fine. Right. Maybe <laughs> maybe a Navy SEAL. I don't know. I'm maybe. over it. I'm over, over it. <laughs> hey, you have a gaping wound in your shoulder, Ben. Yeah, it's okay. I'm over it. <laughs> um, only, perhaps, a knight who had had his legs and arms cut off. It's a mild flesh wound. Just a flesh, Just wound. A flesh wound. And so, you... You know, instead of excusing it away, saying, uh, it's not that big of a deal. Well, no, it is a big deal because it's really a hurt. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, oh, and giving a, I don't want to say a qualification, but like a motivation to the perpetrator. Well, they didn't mean to do it. Does it matter? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't matter if he meant to do it, didn't mean to do it. People are hurt. And if, should it hurt less? I mean, maybe it would hurt more if they meant to do it, I guess. Well, but I guess if that guy meant to stab him, it would have gone in a little deeper. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless, you're hurt. Right. Regardless, right. you're hurt. You know, but there is that, that, okay, this wasn't really malevolent. Um, you know, and I, I think that there can be healing in that aspect. Like when you understand that somebody didn't necessarily mean to do this, but that doesn't, like you said, it doesn't change the fact that it that, keeps it from being worse. It keeps it from being worse. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's a certain place you can get to and be like, all right, I'm, I'm good with this at the same time. You're still bleeding. You still, you guys still got to get stitches. I want to run with the analogy a little bit further. It's just as far as it takes us, because I just thought to myself, somebody like Ben, okay, he's sitting at Eaton Park, cook comes out, whatever else. You know what Ben would say to the guy? Sorry. I shouldn't have been sitting here. Sorry. I was in the wrong place. <laughs> I shouldn't have been sitting here. That's my fault. I'm sorry that you stabbed me. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, for people that, who's which hurt. boggles my mind, right? <laughs> but like, you can be like, oh, oh this guy's going to feel so terrible because he stabbed me. <laughs> the best, the best is I shouldn't have been sitting here because somebody sat you there. Right. It wasn't even on you. <laughs> I could have sat. I could have sat. If I had just been three inches over on this booth, maybe. So, let, let's run through that with the four places that hurts go. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're hurt because they have a knife in their shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you just went over guilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Anger. I mean, that's, that's so they, that one's that's easy. Pretty reasonable. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. like I'd be pretty upset. Again, that'd Angry. be my first instinct. Like, <laughs> okay, so let's play it out for the now. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, and I didn't no, mean to. That, Please go ahead. I had no other thought in my head. Okay, so the angry guy. Sometimes. So okay, let's skip. Let's go away from guilty Ben to see where it goes. What we used to like to call angry Brian. <laughs> so Brian gets stabbed in the shoulder by a clumsy guy. Yeah. Brian gets angry. So Brian beats the living crap mm-hmm. out of that cook mm-hmm. with a knife. It's still on does my arm. Does he still need to heal? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, he yes. does. But I'd heal after I beat so him. So does the cook now. <laughs> He's got to hurt. He's got to fix. Eric is sitting there. Yes. Self-condemnation. Self-condemnation. Knife gets plunged into his shoulder. At least he... I'm worthy to get a knife. <laughs> <laughs> of course this would happen to me. Yeah. Uh, I oh, had what? to come here and sit at this booth yeah. in this exact yeah. spot. I probably ruined yeah. this cook's maybe, day. Maybe yeah. it's now, probably now the knife's broken, he can't use it to cook with. <laughs> I am the worst yeah. Eaton Park person ever. <laughs> and then fear, fear would be... Of course, this would happen to me because this always happens to me. Or that'd be self-condemnation. It's a little more self-condemnation. Fear is, it's, it's, I mean, that's fear no is like, fear oh, is right, no solution. Fear is like, well, this is going to happen. Anywhere I go, mm-hmm. this is going to happen I'm never going to go to an right. park I'm again. I'm never going to sit in a bench right. again. Right. I'm yep. never going to go out. I'm right. going to stay that's in my home. block you from any future But experience. they still have a knife right. sticking right. in their shoulder. Right. right. Like, in all, that is, those are the things that we do and say emotionally right. in a physical sense right and none of them work right so rather go to our podcast where we talk about comfort because that's the only thing that heals and i and i shared with the guy and i said listen sit with your wife pick anything pick you know and i said i will work with you guys to teach you how i said you know but go over the most simplest thing that your mom did that hurt your feelings when you were 13 12 10 whatever and i said you remember I, so Let's go back to Eaton Park. If I sit there and I say, man, you were just sitting there having a good lunch with a guy who was just great to talk to and he was engaging and he was listening to you and it was the best lunch you'd ever had. And then out of the blue, you felt this searing pain in your shoulder. I said, and if I start to like choke up and how scary it was and everything else, you'll always remember me comforting you mm-hmm. when you tell the story of the time you got stabbed at Eaton Park. He was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. Comfort is attached to that grief. You can't explain it away. You can't analyze it away. Mm-hmm. You have to have somebody feel what you felt in that moment. And so if we go through our other examples, like how much you deserve to have a good relationship and how frustrating it must be to have that same fight over and over again. And you see somebody's like, no, it wasn't your fault, you know, or what was your fault wasn't all it wasn't all your fault we are attaching comfort to the pain to the hurt because they joined you in your emotion in that moment and that begins the healing process Mm -hmm. nobody goes through that 
Right. And so we've talked about it. We've added comfort to grief on a couple different episodes. And that is really the only thing. I mean, you can analyze it. You can understand it. You can focus on it. You can do all those things. Ain't going to work. Yeah. You have to have somebody join you in your emotions. And it's not pleasant. I faded away. On you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's not pleasant. Uh, <laughs> hey, ben, so coming through your two college years, if you care to share, what would be some of the things or a thing that you feel that you may have told yourself, I'm over it, but you may not be over it? Hmm. This is going to make for good radio. <laughs> Listen to the pauses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for those moments. In well, between. I, um, I don't know without about, blowing up anybody's spot. Yeah, without blowing anybody up any, anybody's spot. But right, do you feel like you've arrived at a place where you feel you've gotten over everything properly? I I don't know how. N- no, I think the answer to that is no. I, I think I've accepted a lot of things and I've healed substantially, but I I still do think that there's, there's work to be done. Let me ask you this question. If I may, please last year you were with Benjamin. Yes. That was your roommate. Yes. (laughs) Yes. There's Benjamin. (laughs) Yeah. His dad actually just put a mirror in his room. It was really weird that he bought it. (laughs) Sounds like Chris. Yeah. In the towers, and, and he was a good guy. Ooh, you paused. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. He was a great guy. Perfectly fine. Whatever. Stranger, still paused. Yeah, right. Right. No, like, great guy. Like, how much? How often do you hang out this year? Oh, n- not at all. Okay, thanks. So now you're living with I'm Joe living some with. of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever he's down there. Yes, and Luke. And Luke. What is the difference if you have a bad day or you have a good day in sharing it with your roommates? It's yeah, it's 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 a huge difference to be able to come home and at the end of the day to be able to have Luke and Joe there to comfort and support me. I know for for me a big part of it is support too. Uh, support is one of my greatest needs. But yes, like just to have them be able to join me in my emotions in a way that I couldn't with with Benjamin. Right. Well, and you and they know you, and they're also in the same life stage as you. Yes, so they're very understanding. And at least Joe is somewhat aware of emotional needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I would say, which between your freshman year and your sophomore year, which t- you know, do you think you felt more alone last year? And that can also be that you got more involved with the band this year. I'm not just saying that Joe and Luke are the greatest things in the world, <laughs> but it seems that you have more quality relationships this year that go deeper and are more real than you did last year. Absolutely. I I felt more alone last year. Yes. And I I think freshman year of college, unless you're really prepared to go and and know like and have those real relationships, that may be one of the loneliest times of your life, you know, going into a whole new environment and you kind of know who you are, but maybe not really. And you There's may big, not know anybody there. Like if, if you're going into that kind of setting, that might be a really difficult. We maybe should do a podcast on that. Topic. Not a lot of people. Like to what hold are the loneliest hand. times of your life? Yeah. Not a lot Ooh. of people to hold your hand through things now. Like, you're, yeah. right. You know, first right. step into disconnected like adult from your parents. Period. I yeah. mean, right. yeah. even if they live close or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Right. So what you're saying is being alone is bad. It's the worst. 
It is the <laughs> worst because it makes the bad times worse and the good times aren't as good as they can be. Well, mankind's first problems. But it really is that we were meant to be in a relationship with other people. And it's, you know, it's not just been in college, but it's the jobs we've had where we got along with our coworkers and we developed real relationships. It's the neighbors that are good neighbors and that actually, you know, mm. and so our encouragement is to go ahead and, and not be over it, but to seek healing and seek real intimate and don't giggle when you say intimate relationships that we can share life with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's missing in a lot of our fragile, superficial, sterile, mm-hmm. you know, TikTok, Instagram, Instagram yep. rumble. I'm just kidding. <laughs> MySpace. That's it for episode one. <laughs> That's it for episode 193. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeandrome.com. While there, take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh man, we're doing this. <laughs> I look back at Abby and Lex. I'm like, well, maybe it was good knowing. <laughs> and I just step on the gas and I go make like a U-turn, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> and Ben is a class in and of himself. Yeah, I still got that going on in my brain. I still see that big meaty fist. Hey, you have a gaping wound in your shoulder, Ben. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I'm over it. <laughs>